BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. I'm constantly learning though. And this has really helped me. I kind of call it the school of Lauren. I put myself through school. So in the morning, I'm listening to something, like I said, that's educational and inspiring. In the afternoon, when I'm in my Uber, I'm listening to something that's maybe a book on tape. When I wind down at night, I'm reading something that's going to maybe, you know, the book that I'm reading about, about death. Like, I feel like I'm learning more about myself. Stoicism in the morning. Every single pocket that I have a second, I'm learning. I don't take any pockets of time for granted. It has to be things that are productive. That's really helped me build my business. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, beautiful people. How are we doing? I hope you had an awesome weekend. I'm going to be honest, the past week for me, like the past like eight, seven days, I have not been feeling too hot. Not like from a, like I have a cold standpoint, but from a mental health standpoint, I just have been stressed. I've had a few crying moments. Just, I don't know. I'm just feeling overwhelmed. It's just one of those kind of periods for me in my month. And I'm also on my period. So maybe that has something to do with it. (laughs) But the day I sat down to interview our fabulous guest today, Lauren Everts Bostic, I was feeling that stress. And actually, our conversation was just really inspiring. And Lauren reminded me why I love meeting and connecting with amazing entrepreneurs and badass females and For those of you who don't know her, she is the creator of the wildly popular blog, The Skinny Confidential, and the brand. You can check that out on Instagram. And she's also the host of top podcast, The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, which has amassed over 75 million downloads, which is unbelievable. 
But the best part about Lauren is that maybe on the surface, when you're scrolling her Instagram, you know, you see these hues of pink, these trails of glitter, which we love. We love pink. We love glitter. But once that curtain is pulled back, Lauren is wicked smart, fiercely driven, and unapologetically herself. She is just one of those badasses that makes you want to get up, work hard, and be the best version of yourself. I can't wait for you all to hear our conversation in just a moment. Before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to that one Asian in the corner. Someone left a review with that name and I'm living for this review. It's five stars. It says, this is and will forever be the only podcast I will genuinely love listening to. This honestly made my day. Thank you to the one Asian in the corner who left this review. I just thought it was hilarious and such a blunt statement and also a compliment. So you know what? It made me feel good. No shame. Thanks to all of you who listen to this show on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. If you keep coming back, it means the world to me. If this is your first time, hey, welcome. Hope you're going to love it. If you want to leave me a rating, a review, and let me know what you're thinking of the show, you can head to iTunes. It takes less than 10 seconds to leave a rating. And also you can leave me a message if you want, and I just might shout you out on next week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday when I am bringing you brand new episodes and oh-so-fabulous guests. Without further ado, let's hop into this episode with ultimate badass Lauren Everts Bostick. Shameless um, confession here this morning. I did a Peloton ride. Do you Peloton? I don't. I need to try. It's the best. It is a game changer. And people in the Peloton world will say, like, if you're just immersed in a workout and you're kind of emotional or stressed, like, you'll just cry. I mean, the song wasn't even emotional. It was like an EDM beat drop banger. And I just, this morning, just started crying pretty hard because I just felt overwhelmed and stressed. And like, I'm doing all these things. And I have this whole day ahead of me. And like, I just don't know when the break is going to be. And as I was thinking about sitting down with you, I was like, oh, Lauren just seems so perfect. Her page is so curated. She always has the content out. She always is doing this, this, that. And I was like, she also is on a million podcasts. I don't want to waste her time and ask her questions that she's been asked before. And I just thought to myself, I would love to know when is the last time you just had a nasty breakdown cry and why? Oh my God. That's a good question. I'm not a huge crier. I've never been a huge crier. That's not the way that I release my emotion. I mean, of course I cry. I'm more like tear up. Then the last time I teared up is I'm reading a book called That Good Life and it's all about palliative care. I hope I'm saying that right. It's about this woman that is helping people into death. And it sounds so morbid and so horrible, but it's actually really sobering because it shows you like we we think uh, we're invincible and this and that and we're not. And to read about that is so powerful. So I would say the last time I cried was from that book. It's such a good book. And the last time I had a bawling cry was probably to scare my husband. I, I use the crying card to scare him <laughs> because I don't cry a lot. It's like in my back pocket when he pisses me off so bad and I cry, he stops. He doesn't know what to do. So probably the last time I cried was when I wanted to scare the fuck out of him. That's hilarious. That, but it wasn't an on-demand cry. It was actually the emotions. But you allowed yourself to It was to a cry. medley. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that that's you allowing yourself like permission to bring on the tears for whatever reason? Yeah, I think I had such bad experience postpartum. I had such an easy pregnancy and such an easy birth. And then I had postpartum depression and anxiety. And it was 
so bad and so gnarly and it was so unexpected that I probably think the last time I had a sobbing cry was to my husband to be like, you don't understand. It's very frustrating when you're when you have this teammate that you go through everything with Mm -hmm. and then you go through something that he can't understand. Mm. And so the cry was like to like make him understand. But also I wanted to have a good cry. So but by the way, I am not like when you say, oh, everything's so perfect. It is not so perfect. I hope that people can listen to our podcast and see that it hasn't been so perfect. And you said, when are you going to get a break today? I just gave you a break for 20 minutes because I was late. <laughs> well, so you got a break. Wait, it's so funny that you mentioned that. I'm going to fill you in on what we were discussing when your assistant emailed and said, like, she's going to be like 20 minutes late, is I was reading this book by Eckhart Tolle. Are you familiar with his work? It's all about ego and… Tell me about… I've heard of that author. Tell me about it. Okay, so… Oh, it's so fascinating. It's this idea that you're actually not your thoughts and the things you hear. You're the awareness that hears your own thoughts. So the voice inside of your head, it's coming from you, but it's the way you've been conditioned to think about things and talk about things. So when the voice in your head says, oh my gosh, I I didn't lose the baby weight fast enough, it's really just a compilation of you growing up in a society where it's like all these celebrities lose the baby weight and all these, you know, this is the standard of beauty, but who you are is actually the awareness and the presence. So the person who hears that voice, I cannot even do it justice. Oh, actually, here's the best way I can explain it to you. Eckhart Tolle discovered this. He was about to commit suicide standing on the bridge or what, whatever it was. And he had this reoccurring thought. I can't live with myself anymore. I can't live with myself anymore. And in that moment, he realized, holy shit, there's two people in that sentence. There's the I who can't live with the me. I can't live with myself. So who am I? And that's when he realized that there's this whole other side of humanity, which is our ego. And people think ego just means you're cocky and you're conceited. But actually, the ego is, it can be anytime you're feeling inferior or superior to someone is ego. So in his book, (laughs) the story I was going to tell you, he has this passage on waiting. And he says, if you're waiting for people, you're not present. You are needing permission for someone to show up or do something for you to continue on in your life. And you're wasting those minutes. Oh, pull that clip and send it to Michael. I agree (laughs) with that. If you're waiting on someone, take every moment and do something productive for yourself. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. But I get in trouble for that because I am a late person and that is something I'm working on. And I think the reason I have problem with it is because if someone's late for me, I don't mind because I do something that I can do to move the needle on my end. Does that make sense? It does. And if I'm being super candid with you. Go for it. Uh, being late's horrible. It's horrible. I, well, okay, I'm not so condoning it. I'm definitely a person who previously, I've been doing a lot of inner searching. I used to think it's just completely disrespectful. Like, you know, because of someone else's whatever it is. But as I lean into it, like, and I've started to do more things in my life. There are times I'm late. Of course, there are times Christiana, our producer, I don't send her things on time. And it's like, it's disrespectful to her time, but things come up. And so I've had this new approach where it's like, have I been late for people? Of course. Can I use this moment as 20 minutes for me to get centered, get prepared and, and kind of take that accountability. And that was actually something as I was stalking all your content and prep for this, I heard you saying how everything is your fault. And I, do you remember saying that? Oh, I always say that. Yeah. I, 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 everything is your fault. And I loved that because it's everything. it's so true that you need to 
take accountability and not wait for others to kind of give you the green light or tell you what you can and can't do. But on this other line of, um, on the same note of, you know, you being busy or whatever it is, I also have been pushing myself to challenge the gender stereotypes. Like, is it because you're a female? I'm like, that is so rude. And like, you know, you need to be selfless. You need to be like, oh, I'm so sorry that I'm late and blah, 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 blah. Whereas if, if like Gary Vee was late today, I'd be like, oh, it's no problem. It's Gary Vee. Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's interesting. And I'm also, I want you to know there was no, like I'm exaggerating for the sake of this conversation, which I've had lots of thoughts around. I feel like when you already knew I was going to be late because I'm. No, but when your assistant said, we. I'm going to blame the baby. No, I just said I'm not no, going to blame anyone. No, it's wait. the baby's fault. No, wait, but it was not a big deal. I'm not. Any of the, the emotions I'm discussing were not something that happened this morning in regards to you. They're me collecting like years of this relationship of when I'm late for others and others are late for me. It's a good conversation to have, though. But yeah. And so I was thinking about and that's another thing about your dynamic as we are going all over the place, but we're going to we can unpack we can everything. go all over the place. But I as I listen to your show and I listen to the things that you say, you know, you're very straightforward. Fierce is actually the word I would use to describe you. And I love the word fierce. By a volleyball player, I'll take fierce. Yeah, I love fierce. Thank and you. I think that people are easy to say about women like, oh, you know, it's bossy or it's inconsiderate or she's not warm. Or a bitch. Yes. Yep. Or a bitch. Um, but when it's a guy, like when Gary V comes out with a concept of no, fuck it, like X, Y, Z, 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 everyone's just like, oh my God, he's spitting such knowledge, the gospel. But when a, when a girl says it or like, if you're saying it on your show, it causes people to clench up and, and not receive it correctly. That's the what I think if you are an oversharer and you are like, I'm naturally an oversharer and I don't give that clenched up energy attention. And I think that, that what women do sometimes is they feel the room too much. Like I would say, don't feel the room. I just talked about this on Sophia Franklin's podcast and she was saying, you know, how do you walk into a room full of men and, and, you know, pitch something or talk to them about an idea that you have. And I said, you walk in and you don't, you don't pay attention to their, like what they're feeling is their problem. It's not yours. If they're clenched up too bad. And I mean, I think I've always been like that since I was little, I've always been in your face. I've always been an oversharer and I'm not, I'm not like trying to be polarizing. It's just part of my personality. And if, if someone feels I'm trying to be polarizing or an overshare, then I feel like that's a trigger they need to look at in themselves. Why is it triggering you what I say? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't, right? Yeah, for sure. I actually just had that realization in an aspect of my life with my mom. She is always positive. She's always selfless. This woman is superwoman. And I was just getting irritated with her for no reason. And I could never understand why. And then recently I had this epiphany of, I think a small part of me is insecure that I cannot show up like that for everyone in my life. And she just without fail shows up for me that way. Really self-aware. And really, that's really self-aware. And that's taking a lot of accountability. It was recent that I I haven't even told her that. So she'll hear that listening to this episode because she's real positive biggest fan. Shout out, mom. I love you. But um, yeah. And I just was like, wow, I think a small part of me is insecure or envious that I don't possess that unconditional enthusiasm and and selflessness for others. But now you can examine that and you can be more selfless and more positive. And that's what's so cool about being self-aware, right? If I'm triggered by something, instead of saying Kylie Jenner's triggering me, I say, why am I triggered by Kylie Jenner? 
I'm not triggered by Kylie Jenner, but like, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I am always examining that. When I see people use the word triggered, I would invite them to explore why they're triggered in the first place instead of putting it on to someone else. Right. That is an important piece, especially when we talk about like body image and consuming content. Kylie has the right to post whatever pictures she wants. She can post her body regardless of how she got it or who cares. But we also have the ability to not follow that, to mute that, to decide that it's not helpful for us to consume. So I think that's how kind of accountability plays into seeing something that triggers you. My point of view is you have to be accountable for yourself. And I pick my content like I pick my friends. My content is so thought out of what I am looking at. I even have certain things that I will do at certain times of the day. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm not going to listen to a gossip podcast. That is not going to set me up for the best day. I know this because I've woke up and listened to a gossip podcast and it doesn't set me up for a good day. So I wake up and I listen to something like this morning I was listening to something on EQ and it, it's like, oh, it's it's getting my wheels spinning. And then tonight when I wind down, I know I need something to bring me down. So I'm going to turn on meditation music. And maybe if I'm looking at Instagram, I don't want to look at certain people's Instagram. So I'll have like a wellness person I go to and like something funny I go to. I only watch probably about three people's Instagram stories. I find more than that. It's a comparison game. I'm not feeling good. So I just don't do it. I think you have to be as methodical as you are about who you surround yourself with, with your content you're consuming. It's so important. I deleted my Facebook app. It wasn't serving me. I don't go on Twitter every day. I don't look at this. You know how you can scroll your Instagram feed? I'm not doing it. It's like not productive to what I'm doing. Right. I think that if everyone would be really cognitive about the content they're consuming while also monitoring the content they're consuming, they would be more productive towards building their own thing. The self-awareness is so important to be able to step outside and watch your habits because the habits that you're doing every single day do make up the success of whatever that looks like. Is, is your success to be happy, to be zen, to be a present mother, whatever that is. So when you examine your habits you can make them more productive to work for you as opposed to against you, if that makes sense. Quick pause for an important question. Have you had enough water today? 75% of Americans are dehydrated. Isn't that wild? 75% of people in the U.S. don't drink enough water. All of my years playing sports helped me understand how important it is to be hydrated. And that is why I have a full half gallon of water sitting right here at my desk in a beautiful hydro jug. Hydro Jug is here to take care of your hydration needs throughout the day. These durable and reusable jugs hold more than half a gallon of water. So you don't have to keep filling up a tiny bottle every hour or throw away tons of plastic bottles. Hydro Jugs are also dishwasher safe, have a wide mouth opening, an integrated handle, and they are shatterproof if you drop them. And on top of their incredible convenience and great function, they are just good looking bottles. They are so cute. There are so many bright and bold colors. They even come with these neoprene sleeves that slip right over the bottle to keep your water cold and accessorize it as well. I currently have a pink bottle with a cheetah print sleeve. It is very cute. I do say so myself. And I also have a teal bottle with this like tie dye sleeve. So depending on my mood, I can accessorize and have a super cute hydro jug. You can check out Hydro Jug at www.thehydrojug.com and use discount code REALPOD to get 10% off your order today. 
Hydro Jugs are game changers for anyone on the go, especially you athletes out there. I know you drink a lot of water. This is such a great solution. Again, you can use code REALPOD for 10% off your brand new Hydro Jug at thehydrojug.com. So if I mention a skincare routine, you probably immediately think of your face. And while that does matter, sometimes we overlook how important it is to nourish, replenish, and moisturize the skin all over our body. I have the most amazing product to share with you today that I have been using everywhere to pamper my skin, keeping it nourished and healthy. It is Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. It is a liquid gold color. It is rich, luxurious, never greasy, and fragrant with sunny citrus and top notes of sweet passion fruit. Literally every time I'm done applying it, I am like profusely smelling my hands. It smells that good. The Osea business was also female founded in 1996 and is operated by a mom-daughter team, which we love. And the Andaria Algae Body Oil is actually soaked and prepared in barrels of oils for up to six months before it is packaged in a beautiful, sustainable bottle that honestly reminds me of sea glass. That's honestly the other thing I love about Osea products is the smell feel, and packaging of everything they sell, which literally makes me feel like I have a tiny ocean spa in my bathroom. It is the greatest ever. They also have this salt of the earth body scrub with Himalayan pink salts. I'm obsessed with it. I oftentimes will use these two products together. You can try Osea risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders over $50. They even send free samples with every order. You can also get 10% off your first order by using promo code RealPod at oseamalibu.com. That's 10% off your first order with code RealPod at oseamalibu, O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com today. So you said feel the room. You said when you walk into a room, like you don't feel the room. Do you really mean don't feel the room or do you mean feel the room, but don't let that energy affect you? I mean, feel the room, feel the energy, finesse the energy, finesse the person, be yourself. But I mean, don't let the energy come, get a shield. Right, right. And I think I learned that through bartending. I was a bartender for five years and every single person that's coming in the bar is either celebrating or they're sad, right? And so I was across the table like this, basically podcasting without a mic for five years. And I picked up every single different personality you could possibly fucking think of. And you have to be able to go in there, make drinks and and do all the stuff you need to do. Clean the bar while also finessing energy, while also picking up. Are they sad? Are they mad? You know, what can I do? But also not taking it home with you. And so I think that's really important when you walk into a meeting, when you walk into a podcast, if someone's in a bad mood, I just really try not to take that on. I'm very, very sensitive to energy, like so sensitive that we even, we moved. (laughs) LA was not serving us anymore with my daughter. And so we moved to Austin, but I also am very protective of it. So like when you walk into a room with, let's say a bunch of men and it's you and you're giving a presentation, definitely feel the temperature of the room of what you're dealing with. So you can have self-awareness of how to proceed. But at the same time, when you leave the room, don't take on their their issues. If, if they're insecure or they're rude or whatever it is, just leave it in the room. So from that description, and then also what you said in the very beginning about not being a crier and, you know, being able to cry kind of on demand or allow yourself to, (laughs) it sounds like you have a very tight grasp on your emotions and when you want to feel certain things. And tell me if I'm wrong, but when you want to feel certain things, when you're going to allow yourself to feel certain things and when you just kind of turn that off. 
where does that come from? Stoicism. It's where- all stoicism. I, if anyone could do anything, it's a philosophy, not a religion. It's changed my life. It teaches you perseverance. Everything is your fault. Accountability. How to have a conversation without getting emotional. I lay my head down on the pillow and think, where could I have been more stoic today? <laughs> Can you define this practice for those who've never heard it? So being stoic is being able to have anything go on outside of you and you be able to take it. And that maybe that's not the best um, description. It's more like the only thing you can control is your attitude and your reaction. I can't control what's going to come out of your mouth. I can't control what's going to come out of Connor's mouth. And so I can just control my reaction. And if you say something that upsets me and I snap back, that's a me problem, not a you problem. And so stoicism is, I, I do a daily practice. It's called The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. I read a page a day. It's so easy. It's not overwhelming. It's like a tiny paragraph. And it just sets the tone of the day for how to be logical, how to take accountability for yourself, how to understand everything's your fault, how to understand what you can't control and you can control. And it's just really helped me a lot. To clarify, and I'm actually confused myself, does that mean have no emotion or does it mean being stoic is whatever your emotion is protecting that? Like you just should not have an expression all day long, but you should have whatever expression you want regardless of other people's emotions, correct? I love that you asked that question because so that's one of the main questions students of stoicism ask. It doesn't mean have no emotion. It just means approach it with logic, accountability, sensibility. Not taking things personally. Not taking things personally understanding that you can't control what comes out of someone's mouth, but you can control your reaction. It's not it's not having no emotion. If you're sad, you're sad, like obviously be sad, but it's just coming at it from a more logical perspective, if that makes sense. You are so cool. No, I'm not so cool. No, you are. Thank and you. That's very honestly, nice. But that's that's that honestly, people are probably not going to like that tip because it's well, I think maybe but I'm not even just saying that to that tip, but just in talking to you so far and honestly seeing you in person. Like I've followed your accounts for over for a long time now. So to meet you in the flesh and talk to you, like it, you are better than your social media, but I want to kind of explore it because I try not to judge people before I meet them. I don't know their story, but we can't help but make assumptions. Oh, Go, give it to me. I can't wait. No, no. Let me, hold on, let me get my popcorn. No, but like, I'm sure you get that. Do you get this comment my whole a lot? Life, since I was born. Okay, and I love it. And you love when you- I fucking love it. Wait, you love when you are better than people imagined? Or no, no, when- no, 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 no. I love that people sit and look at my my Instagram feed and judge me. I, I think it's so interesting because people- Robert Greene is such an incredible author. If if anyone has not read him, he is amazing. He wrote The Laws of Human Nature. Everyone is 5,000 times more interesting than you think. When I get into an Uber, I assume that that person has 100 different dynamic stories. So for someone to look at my Instagram feed and just judge me, and it's human nature, by the way, because I have fake tits, because I'm blonde, because I'm outspoken, it's, it's funny. Like, it's interesting. Well, here's another question is your feed is obviously super curated. It's a small part of who you are from talking to you for 20 minutes. It is not, it doesn't, it does justice to exactly what it is designed to do, but it doesn't maybe do justice to the core and heart of like all aspects of you. Is that a branding decision? Is that you protecting aspects of who you are? Like, 
why is there a separation? I'm very aware of what platform serves for what purpose. And an Instagram curated feed serves for an Instagram curated feed. It's not like for me, the feed is like it's pretty. If you want my real personality and I don't want to say real personality. If you want the whole personality, Mm -hmm. you're going to go to my podcast. If you want behind the scenes, you're going to go to Instagram story. If you want more of tutorial educational, you're going to go to YouTube. If you want to hear have happy hour with me, you're going to go to my blog. So I'm very careful about which platform works in which way Um, for you, for me. And everyone's different, by the way. Well, so that's what I was going to say is what's keeping you from posting something out of the the norm on your feed? Like what's what's keeping you from bringing something over from another platform that you prefer it to be organized this way? I like like things to flow. I'm very visual. I like the tones to flow. And it can be art. Like your someone's feed is their feed. And if you want to curate it to have a beautiful aesthetic, like that is power to you. No, maybe you maybe you're right. This is an interesting conversation. Your generation does like what you're saying. And maybe I need to evolve into that. It's an interesting conversation. Well, the reason I think about it so deeply is because my platforms would be described as absolutely unfiltered on like all of them. And they're messy. I mean, I've had brands and agencies tell me like, you can clean up your feed because brands don't, they don't get it. Like, and I'm don't do anything. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Oh, trust me. Yeah. So that was, that was my red flag of, oh, you're not someone I want to work with because you clearly don't know what I'm about. But it just hits me again of like, I do look at my feed and I know it looks messy and the fonts don't match and the captions are different lengths and the pictures are not always great quality. And I'm not saying one version is better than the other, but from two polar opposite perspectives, I'm just curious as to where you come from when it brings you joy to curate. Because for me, it brought me a lot of stress to make sure everything matched and everything was perfect. I think it's a medley. I think I really love branding. If I wasn't doing what I was doing, I would completely be into branding. And I also think my Instagram feed is a very small piece of my pie. that's, that's probably what I think. I don't think, I think the podcast is such the foundation and that's where I give so much of my energy that my feed, I don't think that I think about it that way, but I'm taking what you're saying. And I feel like, you know, maybe I do need to implement more of my personality on my Instagram feed. I think the the caption to me is like 75%, but you get very real and honest. I mean, you post about your jaw surgery, you post about Zaza and everything going on. So it's not like, like you said, you're not fake or lying. It's just only permission for the public, a million of your followers, to get a glimpse of what you decide that they can see. But yeah, it's just fascinating. And then the other thing that I'm thinking of now is like, how do you handle comments like that or people who don't get you or they disagree with you or on the podcast, maybe they, they're like, no, we want the, the girl from Instagram and they don't love when you voice your opinion or they just the criticism overall that you probably receive putting yourself out there on all these different mediums. Um, I, my whole life, not everyone's going to like me. I've, I've always come from that place and it's the same with social media. Not everyone's going to like me. That's okay. Unfollow me. If you don't, if you don't like me, don't come into my house, kick your shoes up and be a fucking asshole. Just unfollow me. (laughs) If you come to my page and you say something that is rude that you wouldn't say to my face, I'm going to block you or delete it. When it comes to the comments, I engage and I respond, but I also try not to let it get to my head or upset me. 
So th- there's there's a thing where it's like you don't want to read all the positive comments about yourself because then you get this inflated sense of self, which we've seen happen to so many creators online, right? They start to get bigger than their audience mm-hmm. and they forget where they came oh, from. Bigger than their audience. That is such a metaphor. Well, it's you. You. Ne- I never want to get bigger than the audience. The audience is the reason I, I can do what I do. So, so for me, that's very, very important. I think that you can't read and fall into the reviews that are negative, but you also can't read the reviews that are positive. I just saw a quote from Phineas O'Connell, Billie Eilish's brother. I love him. It said, to believe the good reviews is to believe the bad. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you know what? My husband and I are, are, he's newer to social media than I am. So I found out about four years into this, don't read shit about yourself. I don't read it. He will go and look at the reviews for a while. And then finally I looked at him and I said, stop. You're letting this, this compass your day. Are you going to have a, it's almost like weighing yourself every morning. Wow. It's like, I, why, why am I going to weigh myself and let the scale dictate the kind of day I'm going, going to have? I'm not saying don't weigh yourself. I probably weigh myself once a week, but I'm not going to wake up every single morning and let that dictate and the, the energy and the temperature of my day. So I think the same is with reviews. And now he doesn't read them. It's for two years. He doesn't even look at them now. Yeah. The scale thing is so interesting because I don't weigh myself. I weigh myself in three years now. That is what an eating disorder will do to you. I'm just like not going to get on that machine because of that sick and twisted permission to make me feel good. And yet I never thought about how it relates exactly the same to comments, DMs, reviews. So that comparison really just resonated for me. On the same note as your content and the things you put out and the topics you discuss, in looking into your story with your family and your mom and your sister, you've obviously dealt with trauma. Is there a reason why you maybe keep that from really coming into your other things at least a lot? I know you do mention it and you talk about it, but I guess I also love this perspective because I have this part of me where I share those things. And once again, that doesn't make me righteous or better. And I always tell people who are healing from trauma and mental health issues, you don't have to tell anyone to be on the other side of anything to be healed. Like part of my healing is talking about it. That's just how I feel the most healed. Whereas I have friends who have been through things that nobody knows about and that's how they heal is that they did the work they needed to in their own life. So for you, how do you approach or kind of sit with the things you've been through? And was there a decision that you made on not wanting that to be something that people knew just following you or consuming your content? It's such a it's such a, a multi-pronged approach. First of all, when I was 18 and my mom committed suicide, I literally remember having an epiphany and I was like, okay, this can fuel me or it can sink me. That's because that's what trauma does. It either sinks you. And unfortunately, my sister went into horrible, horrible, like the worst possible, almost dying addiction. And I decided to let it fuel me. And my sister is thriving now. She's doing amazing. So she's you know, taken that and, and ran with it. But with my platform, I never wanted that. I never, I don't look at that as my identity. Like I don't identify as someone that has had a ton of trauma. Yes, I've had trauma, but I can't live in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And by the way, you just said it perfectly and so eloquently. Everyone does things differently. For me, I didn't want that to be the story that I led with. Furthermore, 
And this is like where the two-pronged approach comes in. There's a part of me that when trauma involves other people, it's not only my story to tell. Yeah. My sister has a story. Like my father has a story. Like I just don't think that my mom's not here to tell her story. So it seems unfair. I love that you just brought that up because I feel that. And something I don't think a lot of my audience or my followers know is that I have some stuff that they don't know because of that. It involves other people and it's not my story. And yes, it directly involves me. And yes, wow, I'm like getting hit by this. Yes, I've had to go to therapy to deal with these things. And it it is a huge part of like my upbringing and the trauma I've experienced. And I can't share that because it's not right. And I don't have permission to, and I don't feel inclined to because it involves someone else. But the stuff I do share about my eating disorder, my depression, my anxiety, I have full permission to do that if I want to. And it feels right for me because that's what I've been through. But I always think about like, will there be a day where I can tell this story or sit down with this person because, and it just feels weird for me because I pride myself on being so real and I am, and I'm, I'm kidding with my audience. I tell them, people always ask me, like, how do you put boundaries on what you share? Because I'm literally like, I, I told you I had a breakdown this morning. I posted a story about the breakdown because today I'm doing a day in the life. And if part of my day is crying, I'm not going to hide that from my audience. And so they say like, how do you navigate what you share and what you don't share? And I'm like, I have two rules. One, if it involves someone else, then it's not my right to do so. And two, if I'm not like two steps past it, if I don't feel like I have an understanding of what I'm even going through and how I'm going to heal from it, I don't share it yet because it's overwhelming. And, and you know, everyone swipes up on your story, giving you advice and telling you what you did wrong or what you should do. And it's just too much. So if it involves someone else, or if I haven't figured out my next two steps to healing from it, I'm not going to share it. I completely agree. And, and once you have kids, you'll be, it, it's gnarlier. Like I am so, so, so guarded of my daughter, like Instagram story and Instagram gets to see certain things, but like she is, didn't, she didn't choose this life. So I'm going to be very cognitive about what I share with her. So you're not going to like make her an account where she will gain a million followers before she has an account, but, but there's no pictures posted on it only because I want her to have her name. So it's just a blank account. Oh, okay. Got it. It's just a Zaza. It's just Zaza and it's a little pink. pink (laughs) So sick. You're like, if she does grow up to be just like mama and she wants a brand. She has an option. I got her one name username. Yes, but she's not posting (laughs) It's verified. Listen, I I definitely share her, but I'm very thoughtful about, you know, how much I share of her because she didn't sign up for this. I want to talk about your business because clearly you've built an empire and I know you did not come from, I have a long way to go, but thank you. You have built an empire. And I feel like just sitting here, you know, I think of, I dream of like, where can I go with my own business? And, you know, doing all this stuff is difficult. What's the biggest difference between the Lauren who started and then the Lauren who sits here today? First of all, I want to acknowledge that you're 23 years old and you are so much farther along than I was. To have 78 podcast episodes is incredible. And if you're feeling anxiety and depression about anything with your career, you should feel very, very like you should feel like your feet are on the ground. There is so much stuff I don't understand still. And I've been in this business for 12 years that I have to learn. I'm constantly learning, though. So and this has really helped me. I kind of like call it like the school of like Lauren, like I'll, I, I put myself through school. So in the morning, I'm listening to something, like I said, that's educational and inspiring. In the afternoon, when I'm in my Uber, I'm listening to something that's maybe a book on tape. When I wind down at night, I'm reading something that's going to maybe 
you know, the book that I'm reading about, about death. Like I feel like I'm learning more about myself, stoicism in the morning, every single pocket that I have a second I'm learning. I don't take any pockets of time for granted. So if I'm getting my nails done, I'm listening to a podcast where I'm learning. It has to be things that are productive. That's really helped me build my business. Are you someone that could sit in silence for 15 minutes and just breathe? Like, do you practice mindfulness? Yeah, I'm actually very, very introverted, which is like surprising to people. Because it sounds like every minute of your day is like for productivity and for achievement and towards contributing. Like, it sounds like that you're either getting better or you're getting worse and you always want to be getting better. So like, when do you take those breaks? When do you know when to give yourself those breaks and not shame yourself for them? I was so bad at it when I was your age. And I, I remember sitting at the bar when I was bartending and this really successful guy came in and I was burning the candle at both ends. I was bartending. I was going to school full time. I was building the skinny confidential, shooting content, teaching pure bar Pilates, just go, 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 go seven days a week. And he said, you know, you need a break. You need a day break. And I was like, no, I don't. And then I burned out. And then I was like, oh, he's right. And this, the burnout happens like six years in. My dad told me about it too. It happens six, six, about six years in. So then you have to reevaluate again. It's like constantly reevaluating your life. Okay, where are the pockets of time that I have mindfulness? So I just do little things throughout my day that have become these atomic habits. I told you earlier, we moved out of LA. We're now in Austin and it's been so easy to connect with nature. So taking your calls outside. I do not understand this culture that we have to be on video Zoom. I don't do, Dude, I don't fucking do it. It happened last night and I didn't turn my camera on. And nope. then they were like, why is your camera off? Say, and I was that like, you just I know. don't want to see. It's, I don't. <laughs> no. Why are we doing you, this? Create a boundary. I'm, I don't turn my camera on unless it's an interview like this. Okay. I'm so glad you just said that because something else I love about you is how you're just like, this is what I want and I'm going to do it. Like you seem very like, no bullshit, no this, no that. But to do that, you know, it's you have to know it's going to come along with you're going to rub someone the wrong way. They're like, oh, I was on a Zoom with Lauren Everts and she wouldn't even have like turn her camera on because she, like, you know, whatever. How do you handle knowing that that's happening that's multiple problem. times a day? If they're offended that I don't turn on my camera, <laughs> it's nothing to do with them. It's because I want to walk outside and walk my daughter in a stroller and have the conversation. I'm not, I'm not here to like live by other people's rules to make them comfortable. Like I, I don't, and that's not bitchy. It's like, I don't want to get on 20 video Zooms every single day. That's like, I'm going to blow my head off. But not even the Zooms. Like I obviously you have this kind of an aspects of your life. Like you're not going to do something that you think is a waste of your time or just isn't what you want to be doing. And like, this goes back to the whole, the whole female male thing. Like, I love that. I just know that as I slowly try to be more like that, like yesterday when I tried to turn my camera on, oh my God, you're going to be so not proud of me. I chickened out like, 10 minutes in and then like turned it on and acted like I just got everything organized because I was like, I feel like a bitch. That just my here's a tip. Just address it from the beginning. Hey, guys, I'm, I'm not going to be <laughs> turning my camera on today. This is what I say. Hey, guys, I'm not going to be turning on my camera today. You don't want to see what I look like. I look like a butthole. And like I'm, I'm here. I'm walking the baby. Like, let's just get this done. Just say it up front. Call it out. I, I don't want to turn my camera on because if I turn my camera on, then I'm going to be in 20 zooms all day long. Right. Well, not even. So the camera example is a great concrete example. But in all aspects of your life, you do this as well. Like I was listening to you on a podcast. This is me researching. But it was so funny because you were getting your makeup done while you're doing the podcast. And it was just very like boss energy. You know, like I'm doing multiple things. I can execute. And don't you have a thought of what are people going to think of me? 
Like when you do things for yourself to get where you want to be on your road. And this is once again, like, did you read um, Glennon Doyle? I fucking love Untamed. Yes. So I love just her whole thing about like, like why is being selfless the most you know, admirable trait of a female, like doing things for others and everything. hundred percent. Why is that to me? Being selfless is not like, that's not the way that I right. run my life. And that's what I'm learning. Like I'm that, that, that's why like people like you, I strive to be that way, but I still, you can see how like, I'm still like, but how and why? And but what about the people, what they say? Because I'm just trying to grasp that freedom of granting myself the ability to not turn my zoom camera on. You seem like you're a people pleaser, which, uh, by the way, so I, I have that trait sometimes, too. I think that I would read a lot of books on people pleasing. And there's a book by Dale Carnegie that's how to stop worrying and start living. Like, I think maybe start with that's that the title. I need that book. Glennon Doyle's book <laughs> is a great one. I would really immerse your. It's not a I don't think it's a weakness. I think that you're coming from a good place. But well, I think I'm also not, coming from a mom who these were her most you know, admirable traits. And I think I've seen that modeled for me. And like, I mean, that to me, it's so, it's so hard. Change the story. Yeah. Change your story. Like if you, if you don't want your zoom camera on, don't, I don't do things I don't want to do. And also when you said I was getting my makeup done, listening to, or going on a podcast, my most valuable asset is not handbags. It's not my car. It's not my shoes. It's my time. And, and I think that if I can be getting something done while I'm doing something, that's it, I call it passive multitasking because it's not I'm not focused right on getting my makeup done. I'm focused on the interview, but I'm able to passively get something done so I don't have to spend a half an hour on it. My currency is my time. So if I can take an Uber here and I can post six Instagram stories, that's worth the $15. Does that make sense? For sure. And I actually had that thought this morning because I'm doing a story of my day and I was running late. And so I like couldn't even get mine. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could just take an Uber because then I could post. Um, so that's just so But then funny. you had 20 minutes to post. So you were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it all at stoplights, which is horrible. But yeah. Um, but anyways, wow. I just had like a huge revelation about it's so true. Like it was modeled to me from my own mom. And it's interesting because I still think if you if a woman is selfless, amazing. But I think Glennon's point is like, it doesn't need to be all women have to be selfless or they're not great, powerful women. A hundred percent. And if you don't want to turn your Zoom camera on, that's don't turn it on. I know. But then I, but then I get caught up with how, what's the line between that and like, oh, this she got ego and she thinks she's she thinks she's so cool. It's, and it's a, 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 ego. I think it's interesting because if it was a man not turning it on, like you said earlier, the, the ego conversation wouldn't be had. I don't think it's for me, it's nothing to do with ego. It's nothing against anyone other than the fact that I want to be out in nature with my daughter. So will you verbally set boundaries? Like if let's say someone gets your number, somehow they give it to someone, whatever. And then this person just doesn't get it. They don't get that. They can't stop. Texting no, you. I'm having a problem with that. Do you ghost them or do you say no, something? I'm, that's my husband would tell you. My husband is very good at this. He, he has 300 text messages right now that he hasn't responded to. But he, I'm not good at this. This I need. To oh, so you this. do respond. I respond. I give too many people my number and it's overwhelming. And so what I've had to do is because I do like to respond, I batch my text messages. So this is going to sound fucking crazy. <laughs> I love how your text messages are like content. You're like, I batch my text. I batch it because <laughs> I cannot be reactive to everyone else's text messages as I don't expect them to be reactive to me. So this is where there's no ego. 
if I text you, I do not expect a text back right away. You could text me in two weeks back. I'm fine with it. If you text me, same thing. My main priority is my daughter, my business, my husband, my family. And if I can't get to a text right away, it's just I can't. So and when I come into your inbox and ask you for time, I don't expect that back as well. So what I do with my text messages is I probably sit down for an hour twice a week and I respond to all of them. Love it. Would you say, though, that you are comfortable setting boundaries verbally? Like, could you say, maybe it's not texting, but could you say to someone, whatever it might be, maybe you'd say to them, I'm so grateful you thought of me, but it's just not a priority and I'm, I can't no, do it. No, I'm not good at that. Yeah. No, don't ask me for that. Talk to Michael. <laughs> interview Michael. I'm not good at that. It's I'm not, so I'm, a, I'm a definitely a people. That's where the well, people please are coming. And in. it's funny because you follow the holistic psychologist, Dr. Nicole Libera. I think I follow her and I feel like her content is all like quotes, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's teachings from her, but she's on the same ego train. She does all that work. I love her content. And she was giving some descriptions of like how to set boundaries. And like one of the senses was, I appreciate you thinking me. However, it's just not my priority right now. I don't and, like the word however, though. It's, well, it, do you know, I, like, it's right. like I'm always like looking at language. Unfortunately, is such a negative word to me. So yeah. that's where I, I'm so like language oriented because of what I do that like it's the word however I don't know. It seems negative. Well, even if we changed it to, yeah, I, how appreciate, change I it? appreciate you thinking of me, but I'm juggling other priorities right now. Well, regardless, her point was, if I'm quoting it right or wrong, her point was someone commented and said, aren't these rude? Like these just would be rude to say to someone. And it got like 500 likes. And she said, she responded something along the lines of, it's something like, it's not rude. It's just the way we've been conditioned to feel like we have to say yes and please people that not only do we think it's rude and uncomfortable, but someone else perceives it as rude because especially as women, like we're not just dropping everything to serve. And she was basically saying like, sure, maybe in our given social constructs it is, but at the baseline, it's really not. And someone who respects boundaries would be able to read that text and be like, thanks so much for being, being honest. Good luck on everything else. I think that it comes I think that that's a, a really everything she said is right. I just think that I wish that from the get go, it was the self-awareness aspect was there. So the person wouldn't even ask the uncomfortable question. Does I that know. make sense? Oh, my gosh. But people, they're not like, oh, I'm sure it happens to you, too. You get emails or texts and it's just the most ridiculous requests. And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm going to take the time to write a note well, to this. If I'm out to dinner with you <gasps> having drinks and you're planning the next time we're having drinks, I'm like, what's what? We're literally at drinks right now. Right. Like, I can't with that kind of stuff. So it, it, or or if you I used to have a friend that we would go hang out for four hours and then like the next day she'd be like, let's hang out again. And I, like to be blunt, I'm just not that kind of friend that that hangs out every single day. I'm just not. I, I'm I'm busy. I'm a mother, and and I respect other people's time, and except for today, <laughs> um, and I hope that, that that they they respect my time. When I get four hours to hang out with someone, that's a lot of time. And also, it's if I hang out with someone every single day, it's taking away time from my daughter. So I think that the self awareness is the foundation that needs to be discussed more than the response. Does that make sense? Like, I want the holistic yeah, like, psychologist people, to discuss people coming into <laughs> the box well, in general. that's called emotional. So there's something called emotional dumping where you can't. And I actually, when I learned this, I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. You can't just like call your friend. And then when they answer the FaceTime, you're in hysterics. Like, who knows what they're doing with their life? And then you've decided 
that you are going to cry. Oh and, yeah. my God, this is such a good conversation. And then you can't say bye because they've, they are crying. So you feel like you have to drop everything you're doing. That's called emotional dumping. And so something she talks about is saying to people, hey, I'm going through something right now. I would love your advice. Do you have the time to help me? Do you have the time to talk about this? If not, when would be a good time for you? Because you can't just call someone and start crying anymore. So she does talk about it. It's called emotional dumping. I think that's the conversation other than telling everyone how to respond to someone who's emotionally dumping or not being self-aware. I think that we need a great book on on how to come into someone else's space and expect them to react right away. Yeah. Fabulous. You should write it. (laughs) I do need to. That's why I'm glad I got your uh, first book. I can see where we started to where we are now. Yes. Um, I've been in the space for 12 years. It's a very like long game. I don't feel like I've even nicked the surface of what I want to do. And really? No, I have so much more. There's so much more I want to do. So you just have to understand it's a long game. And I think that you out of everyone with with volleyball, you know that maybe you lose this game, but there's 20 other games. Right. That, you know, it's it's a or long just game. That you start training in August, but you don't really get to go to the tournament until months later. Yeah, you get it. You um, supply that to your job. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And you're 23 years old. <laughs> like you have so much time. I know. Oh, my God. It's crazy. I think you're too hard on yourself. I am. Yeah. I am. It's like not even news to me. I just, yeah. Maybe every morning you should write three things to give yourself grace on. I know. Oh my you're God. very hard on yourself. I am. Because yeah. you're absolutely adorable. You're crushing it. You have 78 podcast episodes. I mean, you're doing the Peloton every day. You're on time. <gasps> Jesus Christ. What more do you want? <laughs> oh my God. I love you. You are so freaking cool. Thank I you. don't know if you care, but like, for the rest of time, I will just like go to bat for you if anyone follows you or says Thank anything. You're you. just a, you're really a badass. Thank and you. this has been just so awesome. I would say exceeded my expectations, but I'm trying not to set expectations. Smart. <laughs> I would love to invite you on our podcast because I would love to hear your story. Oh so we have God. to book you on ours. I would be so honored. Yeah, that'll be fun. Thanks we'll talk so about your your generation and what you guys want more of from us. For sure. I think that's very smart. Out of this podcast, I realized like maybe I do need to show more of my personality on my Instagram feed. Do a deep dive in mine. You'll be appalled coming from your feed. No, I, I love it. I need to go do a deep dive in yours. Ah, well, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.